Welcome to Season 2 of There Are Good Things Here, the podcast where you listen in as Katie Hubbard talks to God about life in the year that it got upended by her first cancer diagnosis. I hope you'll find grace in her honest, hard, and hopeful words. I'm your host, Norman Hubbard, and I just want you to hold on to Jesus like Katie did. It won't be easy or perfect, but it will be worth it. This week, we're going to pick back up with Katie's blog entries on her CaringBridge site in late April, early May of 2009. At this time, Katie was going through her first round of chemotherapy, and she wasn't writing in her journal a lot, but she did blog regularly to keep people updated on what was going on in life. I will pick up with actually her final entry in April of 2009 and then go on into May. April 30th, 2009, I have decided to title this chapter in my life, Chemo and a Toddler. Now I just need to find a fitting soundtrack and maybe some food that sounded good too. Yesterday, I was up most of the day trying to keep busy so that I would sleep better last night. Thankfully, last night, I felt good enough to go to my kids' Awana banquet Tom and Rachel both worked hard for the awards that they had earned, and I did not want to miss. I would not have felt good enough to go on Tuesday. So far, that means I was able to go to the girls' church musical on Sunday, Awana last night, and now I pray I will be doing well enough for Rachel's baptism on Sunday. Both Rachel and a student from our ministry are getting baptized, and I want to be there so badly. All of my efforts to stay busy so that I could get a better night's sleep were sabotaged by what I would describe as extremely explosive excretory issues during the night. We will henceforward refer to this as E-E-E-I. I was warned this might be an issue, and alas, it was. That was disappointing because it feels like a setback this morning as I am weak and nauseated again. Not to be outdone, Joseph decided to join in with some E-E-E-I of his own this week and has a fever of 101. Rachel's strep test came back positive yesterday. My dad mostly spends his days ferrying my kids to the doctor right now. Strangely enough, Mom and Dad turned up missing this morning. I think they've probably driven off to Alaska. Just kidding. They just took Tom to school because his class was putting on a chapel this morning. Norman was out of the door at 6.30 to get me some medication after being on campus until 1 a.m. We frequently refer to this time of life as the sicker, worse, and poorer part of the marriage vows. Bless his heart. Many people have affirmed my chemo brain feeling. This is nice to know that I am not just going crazy. However, it makes the day challenging as it is difficult to pass time. Time feels agonizingly slow. And then it's finally nighttime again, and that brings an uncertain night's sleep. Typing on CaringBridge is actually a nice way for me to pass some time. Someone asked me why I need chemo if all of the cancer was removed. Great question. 
Basically, chemo kills any fast-growing cells in your body. This should encourage me. Maybe that means that my brain cells were fast-growing. Cancer cells are fast-growing cells. It only takes one cell left in your body for it to return. So chemo is like extra rat poison to try and be extra sure that it is all stamped out. My chemo regimen is uh, AC, adriamycin cytoxin, for four treatments, one treatment every two weeks for a total regimen of eight weeks start to finish. Since I am 37, my risk of cancer returning is greater than if I were older. Therefore, I get to have chemo. No, I won't tell you how much I weigh. I think that my age and EEEI is probably way too much information today anyway. God bless, Katie. Next up is a blog post from May 2nd, 2009. In the movie Joe vs. the Volcano, the main character, Joe Banks, is misdiagnosed with a fatal disease called a brain cloud. Great quote from the movie, by the way. You didn't get a second opinion on something called a brain cloud? But I digress. This week, I have felt like I have a brain cloud. Yesterday, my brain cloud lifted. I actually made two phone calls and had two intelligent conversations, several coherent thoughts, and read several chapters in a book. Yay! This is great progress. Last night, Norman and Joseph and I even went for a drive. It's the simple pleasures in life, right? Public enemy number one and number two continue to be insomnia and loss of appetite. Thursday night, I slept pretty well after taking one sleeping pill and two Benadryl. For someone who is very sensitive to medication, this is quite extreme to dope up to that degree, but it worked. And can I just parenthetically say, this is very true, Katie had a remarkably high tolerance for pain, but she was super sensitive to medicine. She used to say that uh, her head would start to spin if she took an aspirin, so uh Taking a sleeping pill and two Benadryl was quite a bit. Katie goes on, Last night I actually slept until 5.30 this morning when the birds woke me up. I must confess, I have yet to reach the place of maturity in life where I fully appreciate birds, especially one singing loudly outside of my window at 5.30 a.m. Being the good fourth-born that I am, my early childhood life was marked by never being able to finish a nap. I am watching this same phenomenon being borne out with my own fourth-born son, Joseph. As a result, sleep falls under the category of a very high value of mine. So, if I'm up and awake at 5.30 on a Saturday morning, something is not right. So as not to come across too hard on the birds, I have immensely enjoyed Mr. and Mrs. Cardinal, who appear to be setting up shop on our back patio, as well as several finches. I think the Lord has sent those just for my enjoyment. I just prefer to enjoy them during daylight hours. I've been trying to remember the name Finch all week, and it just came to me, which is another good indication that the brain cloud may be lifting. Back to appetite. While I'm not necessarily feeling nauseated, food for the most part is unappealing. Think chewing on cardboard. 
When you have chemotherapy, you pick up books with extremely interesting titles such as What to Eat When You Don't Feel Like Eating Anything. I figured that I definitely fit into that category, so maybe I should try reading the book. The first suggestion was to eat a sweet potato shake. Seriously? A sweet potato shake? Hmm, I feel really lousy. Food sounds awful. I think I'll put a sweet potato in the blender. I think that my friend who brought over a bag of Harry and David's Moose Munch caramel corn with dark chocolate was much closer to the mark. Needless to say, I have put aside that very unhelpful book, and I'm now working on my own book with the much more catchy title of What to Really Eat When You Don't Feel Like Eating Anything, and chapter one will say, Drink Coke. Coke has tasted very good to me. I think I've had it four in the last two days uh, with caffeine. No, without caffeine. It must taste so good because it has cocaine in it. Sorry, I have a sixth grader. I just had to throw in that adolescent comment. Yesterday, I also finished up final preparations for losing my hair. I think I have my ducks in a row, as much as they ever will be. I was sobered by how bad I felt this week. And knowing next time I may be feeling that badly with my hair falling out really sobered me. So I wanted to be prepared. I had a friend send me a very helpful losing your hair care package. And I am very grateful for that. The care package, not losing my hair. May you all have a blessed day. And thanks for reading my ramblings. May 3rd, 2009. This morning I have a prayer and a praise. It is a gorgeous Sunday morning here. We were living in central Illinois at this time. A beautiful day for a baptism. I feel good enough to go, and I got eight hours of sleep last night. I believe that is an answer to all of your prayers. Thank you for praying, and praise to God for answering in such a gracious way. Every time I woke up last night, I was able to go right back to sleep. I am filled with praise to the Lord. My prayer request is that you would please pray for my children. Every one of them has shown in a variety of ways this week how stressful all of this is for them. I believe they're doing as well as they can, but this is still a difficult journey for each of them. This has been especially hard on Kayla, our 10-year-old. Last night I was reflecting on how amazing God has been on this journey. He has been so big. I am in awe of how he is carrying us. His grace has enabled me and been there for me in abundance every step of the journey. I was reminded that this is true not only for me, but for Norman and also for our kids. I pray that our children will experience his great grace and his ability to carry them through even the most difficult paths and that this will be a knowledge that will permeate each of their lives. The Lord has allowed this trial for his purposes in my children's lives, as surely as he has allowed it in my own. Have a wonderful Sunday, Katie. It's interesting for me to look back at those words from Katie, where she was expressing her confidence that the Lord was carrying our kids, and that he would teach them, that he was there for them, during the hardest trials of life, because after Katie died, 
I began meditating on and praying the end of Psalm 28 for our kids. And Psalm 28, verses 6 to 9 says this, Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart exalts, and with my song I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength, and he is a saving defense to his anointed. Save your people, and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd also, and carry them forever. One of the things that you see in Katie's journal entries especially is something that we learned very early on from Vic and Lindy Black, who are our navigator staff in Auburn. And that was the principle that when you don't know what to pray, pray the scriptures. And when you think you do know what to pray, pray the scriptures. And for our children, Katie was so often praying the scriptures. And I learned that from Vic and Lindy, and I learned it from Katie. And I prayed over and over again those words from Psalm 28, which are strangely echoed in Katie's earlier blog post that I just read, that the Lord is the strength of his people and he is a saving defense to his anointed ones. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd also and carry them forever. And maybe I don't need to say this, but that's always the sign that you're about to say it anyway, right? That uh, if you've not maybe practiced praying scriptures like that for yourself or for people that you love, one simple way to do it is just to put their name in the scripture Uh, the passage that you're reading. And so for me, what it looked like is I would say, uh, the Lord is Tom's strength. He is a saving defense for his anointed one. Save Tom and bless your inheritance and be Tom's shepherd also and carry him forever. And then I would just go back and repeat it. The Lord is Caleb's strength. The Lord is Rachel's strength. Be Joseph's shepherd and carry him forever. And so if that's helpful, that was a practice that Katie modeled all of the time that I knew her. And I, like I say, I learned it from Vic and Lindy and I learned it from Katie. And if it helps you to know what to pray when you don't know what to pray, then I hope you'll be able to put it into practice as well. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of There Are Good Things Here. Look forward to joining you in a couple of weeks. We will pick back up on Katie's uh, blog entries on Caring Bridge. Thanks. Thanks.